We look at tonight the outworkings of love. Uh, this message, this message of love is being repeated in 1 John. And why did the Holy Spirit have John write about this again? <laughs> so there must have been an obvious reason that he thought it sufficient to and important to bring it up again. You know, when we we have a long time a long time since we did a teacher training course in Sunday school and things like that, but repetition, reinforcement are two strategies of teaching that lead to change and redirection, change of thinking and redirection of our of our life. <clears throat> I bought this at Wilted really quick, cut it out of the flower pot. I started doing, doing this. See if you can. He loves me. He loves me not. <laughs> you know, you go around and, uh oh, he loves me not. <laughs> we come to the end of the last one and we fell on the wrong one. But in the Lord Jesus Christ, he loves me. He loves me. He loves me. <laughs> and we can go all the way to the end and. We'll still have him loving us. And uh, no matter what we do, he still loves us. And so, now I don't, now I don't advertise, there's only two young, young people here tonight, that's not the way. <laughs> oh, there's this one. Oh, he loves me, loves me. No, you don't do, don't do it like that. <laughs> that um, is in God's will and how that works. And so, John is repeating this. Now, how many problems are could be solved in a local church if we did what John chapter 4 verse 7 down to the 16 or the whole of the chapter really the remaining from verse 7 says he loves us and we love one another and um, this is what we are to do this is the third time John brings this up in this little book only five chapters third time he's dealing with love and he carefully weaves it with Truth concerning our behaviour and our belief together. Belief and well, put it first: belief and behaviour, belief and obedience. And so, this passage deals with the essence of love, God's love for us, and with our love for other people, as it's been dealt with. We've looked at before, uh, <clears throat> and we are to love both the unsaved and the saved. And put it that way saved and unsaved we're going to notice here the exhortation concerning love the explanation for love the essence of love the expression of love the evidence of love the example of love and evangelism in love as loving the unlovely as he gets down to verse 16 there we go out and reach people because we have the love of the lord in our hearts and uh, we'll notice that tonight let's pray thank you lord for your word and thank you again we come upon this subject of loving you and loving one another, loving the unsaved. And Lord, uh, repetition is the key to remembering. And Lord, I pray it wouldn't make us think, oh, you know, we just, well, heard this all before and we go on from this to the next passage. No, Lord, we need to apply these things. And John was wanting, through your spirit, to help people 
Christians to understand the importance of love. A love for one another, love for you. Bless our hearts as we consider this portion tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son, into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So the exhortation concerning love. <clears throat> now, love and its verbs and noun forms are found in First John 46 times. 46 times in five chapters. But in, in chapter 4, they're used 30 times. <laughs> in how many verses? 21 verses. So I think we know the subject as we look at this tonight. <clears throat> the message of love. Let us love one another. It's no new message. He's already repeated this. Now, <clears throat> when you think of unsaved people out in the world, they often say, well, I live by the Man. golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> What, what do they say? Do unto, do unto others. As they say, do unto you. Oh, well, if you beat me up, I beat him up. <laughs> no, you could get, that lends itself to that direction. I know what they're meaning, you know, you, you do unto others, but Christians have a different motive. These words here form a command and imperative. It's something that we are to obey, not have the option to. There's an obligation here. And they're in the present tense. This means it's we're to obey this command continuously, continuous action. It's, a, it's going to be a way of life. It's going to be automatic because we're Christians and because we're the sons of God. The so-called theological scholars of our Lord's Day counted 613, I believe, distinct commandments and tried to entangle the Lord with a lot of them and questioning him and putting him on the mat, on the spot. And uh, they tried to do it one too many times, I think, in Matthew 22, because in 23, he's, the woes are pronounced. This is sort of a last-ditched effort to entrap the Lord, to ensnare him in his words. And uh, they, they probably could memorise all of the 614 verses, but they couldn't tell you the Bible verses <laughs> that they, could, they should be backing them. Chapter 22, verse 34 of the book of Matthew says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the sages into silence, they were gathered together. You know, it's an all-out attack here. All of the religious leaders, they don't agree with each other, but they're united against Christ. Mm -hmm. Then one of them, who was a lawyer, asked him a question, <clears throat> tempting him. And when you hear lawyer or get a letter from a lawyer, you sort of, oh no, <laughs> what have I done? Who's, who's attacking me? Well, the Lord wasn't afraid of these people. Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbour as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law. He answered all the 614, or whatever they had. 
in, <clears throat> in their addition to scripture, adding to scripture, they shouldn't have been. But if one loves God as he should, he will not violate any of the other commands of scripture. That's what the Lord said, didn't he? He won't. Let's list some of the things we won't do if we love our God and we love our neighbour. What, what won't we do to our neighbour? We won't covet him or her. We won't steal from him. We won't treat him in a, a bad sense. We won't murder him. Um, <clears throat> we won't commit adultery. We won't lie. We won't cheat. And we won't commit adult idolatry. We won't swindle someone. We won't bear false witness. All these things we won't do. You see, love covers all of them. And we have to think, do we love God when we have these thoughts and intents toward other people, unsaved or saved alike? And so the message of God is let us love one another. The meaning of love. Agape and its cognate words are used here in 1 John. And as we study this thought on God's love, that we are to demonstrate toward one another as he has toward us, it's all that of giving. <laughs> the meaning of love is giving, giving. When do we stop giving? We don't. <laughs> when, when does the Lord stop giving? What would happen if the Lord stopped giving? He took away the air out of the atmosphere, or the everything we have. We'd be in real trouble. But he keeps on giving. Hmm. With all that's happening in the world today, and God keeps on giving to all these people, and these nations, and these leaders, and rulers, you say, wow. <laughs> give, and give, <laughs> and give again. We did not merit God's love, Yet he loved us while we were yet sinners. He expects us to have the same self-sacrificing love that has come up in it Tuesday nights and come up in other studies and things I've read about self. I think it was even last night it was being talked about. The perversion of self in, in our day, particularly in the Western world. And uh, Gaza... <laughs> self all those things that are happening when you stop to think of it god's of god's glory god's greatness his grandeur his omniscience his omnipotence and everything like that we say with what the writer of hebrews said in chapter 2 verse 5 and 8 and unto the angels he hath not put in subjection the whole world to come of which we speak And verse 6, but one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visited? What? <laughs> Why did he do this? We're looking at the meaning of love. This is the meaning of love. When we were unlovely, unlovable, he loved us. <laughs> and he visited us. The day spring from on high hath visited us. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honour and did set him over the works of thy hands. Back Adam there. Thou put all things under, in subjection under his feet. And, and we can read on there through the book of Hebrews. But even though God is great as he is and grand as he is and glorious as he is, what is man? 
you say, well, I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> but the Bible says otherwise, doesn't it? How, how we ought to fall before the Lord, which we will do one day when we get to heaven. And we see him face to face and recognise our lack of understanding of the Lord, particularly in his love that got us there, that gets us to heaven. Praise God for his love. On top of this, to understand his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, it says in the book of Romans, Christ died for us. Well, as we do when we talk about love, the meaning of love is tied up with the words that are used for love. Can you think of any of the words in the Greek? I'm talking Greek. I know charity or love in the King James Version. What are some of the Greek words? You probably started the best one. Agape. Agape. Yes. That's the sacrificial love, the agape one. And that one is used 320 times in the New Testament. Filio, and uh, that what, what word can we get from that? Phila. Yep, the city of brotherly love, supposedly. I don't know what it's like. <laughs> Isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, friendship, brotherly love, phileo. And another one, these are ones that are not in the New Testament, so we're probably not as familiar with them. Yeah, eros or erotic love. That's in the world today, isn't it? That's everywhere. That's an abuse, really, of love, sensual love. It's really down to lust. You know, you know love, you lust. <laughs> you know, it's a world. That's all this stuff that's in the media is not love. They just, yeah, it's back to that self thing. They want to get something for themselves. They don't want to give. You see, the opposite to agape is that eros love. Um, storge is mentioned that is family love um, <clears throat> just using a comparison between phileo and agape phileo a love of pleasure agape a love of preciousness phileo a love of delight agape a love of esteem phileo a love of liking or love of delight the last one love of liking and a love of prizing for agape. Phileo, a love of emotion. Agape, a love of devotion. And I thought they were good in putting them together. And so agape, preciousness, esteem, prizing and devotion. We all have that. So the exhortation concerning love in verse 7, let us love one another. And we looked at the message of love the meaning of love and now the explanation for love in verse 7 the last part love this love cannot be generated by man himself and and you look at some you know even as it says in scripture some people will even dare to die for a good man and you say that's getting close to sacrificial love but it's talking about unsaved people but they can't have that sacrificial love like a Christian can have because we are God's children and only God and his children have that sort of love. Love, love cannot be generated, this agape 
loved by man himself, but it is the love of God. Um, It's the Father's provision, for love is of God, as it says in that verse, for love is of God. Looking at the wrong verses, verse, long, wrong chapter. Love is of God, second part of verse 7. <clears throat> this love we are to have for God and for each other, and it finds its source in God. When will the world realise that God loves them? You know, they look at the people of Israel. And the people of Israel are reacting as best they can to a terrible situation. But there is sort of an expression of God and his character in how they behave. But not on the other side, not at all. It's just, it's just hate. It's just absolute meanness. If you, if you hear what they say, yeah. it's, it's not... And, it, and it's all angry. It's not, not Israel, no, no. Um, <clears throat> but we are to have a love that's given to us of God when we become his children. And non-Christians consider the origins of, of love. They, they think of, I feel like it. I feel love. Uh, eros. It can be feel a too. It's a feeling related thing. And what is unique about God's love? It's the source of it. It's God. It's, you can say it's out of this world. <laughs> it's unique. It's divine. It's different. And if you doubt that you can find it in yourself, this love, without Christ, you're right. <laughs> for the love that we are to have for each other and others is of divine origin as he loved the world. This is, it helps us to understand the preciousness of the sacrifice of Christ. He didn't have to do it. He just could have condemned us right at the start. He said, that's it. He could have done, said to, to Adam what, what he said to Moses. Well, there's no one else to start another, nation, another mankind with. He could make another one. Okay, forget them. They're finished. Let's start again. But God would have, I think, done the same thing given them the will to choose because he wants us to respond to his love in return, doesn't he? He he doesn't want a machine. He doesn't want a robot. He wants a person with personality and with a a heart to love. And this is of divine origin. The Father's provision for God is, for love is of God. And the family trait for everyone that is born of God in the last part of verse 7 and knoweth God. This is an explanation and reason for love. Since we're born of God, we have the character of our Heavenly Father. And we've expressed this before. You can see some families, and they're taking a family picture. Mum, Dad, and the girls and the boys. Oh, they look like Mum. No, oh, they look like Dad. You know, your family traits all... It could be in personality or it could be in talent. You know, they, they have that ability. Um, <clears throat> and we ought to have the traits of our Father. And the tr- greatest trait to have, according to Jesus, that we looked at before in the Gospel, was that of love. And this has fulfilled all of the commandments. <clears throat> in 
In what ways do we resemble our Heavenly Father? I pray that we resemble him in love because that will cover everything. And since we're born of God, we have that character. And he's the source of love. We have the greatest source that we could have in our lives. It says in verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And this is the, the word agape. This is a sacrificial love. This is giving in spite of the, the standing or the state of the other person. We're to love as God, just like he loved us. And since we're born of God, that's the love we're to have. And the opposite is true there in verse 8. If we don't love, we're not Christian. This is not Christian. Hmm, it's not of God. You don't know God. If you don't love like God loves, with agape love, you say you're asking too much. Lord, no. We his children, we have his traits, we do it. Not because we've been commanded to do it, because <laughs> we love to do it. And as you see people that have been <coughs> murdered, have been put at the stake, you know, they've laid down their life, and their response to the, you know, Lord, save the King of England. Well, he's dying. Jesus, while he's dying, lay not this sin to their charge. What are other, you, you put those phrases down of people that were dying and made their last utterance. And it wasn't, kill him. You know, he could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't because of love. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Have you ever thought, what would I say? What would I do if I was in a position of an angry mob or something and they're lynching you or doing whatever to murder? Would you want to retaliate? Or would you pray for their salvation? <laughs> and how does the world identify a child of God? John 13, 20, 34, 35. Listen, as the world looks on. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, and by this, love for one another, shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love for one another. Let's have that love for one another. And so there's the exhortation concerning love, the message of love and the meaning of it, the explanation for love, the Father's provision, and the family traits the expression of love, verse 9. And this was in this was manifest the love of God toward us. <laughs> These verses are reminiscent of, uh, just back a little bit in verse 16 of chapter 3. This perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. And John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. The expression of love. The sending of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's provision for us. God, God gave us his best. He couldn't give anything greater than his best. It was a, a sacrifice for him to give his son. He gave his only begotten son. And Hebrews, <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 1, no, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. Not one. Hebrews eleven seventeen. It says this. By faith Abraham, when he was was tried, 
And this, is a, this is a test for Abraham, a try. Offered up Isaac, he that received the promise. Offered up who? His only begotten son. Only begotten son. Um, whom it was said, in Isaac shall I see be called. He offered up his only begotten son. I mean, that has relevance to the Lord Jesus, doesn't it? And back in the book of Genesis 22, you have where he, he did that. He didn't argue with God. He got to the position and growth in his faith that when God said to do it, he, he went ahead in Genesis 22. Take now thy son, thine only son, thy only begotten son, Hebrews says, whom thou lovest. And all this is a what? A type of the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Take his only begotten son. And the Jehovah's Witnesses say, aha, he was only begotten. That means he was born. That's what they try to say. He's born into time. No, he's always existed. They're wrong. They're, her they're not heresies. They're, they're apostates. They're just, that's a false doctrine. But there he took his only son. He rose up early in the morning. And uh, even when questioned by his son, my God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. His only begotten son. It ties in so well from the Old Testament to the new. In the son of Abraham, Isaac, and the son of the father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Abraham did have other children but the only begotten one was the one of the promise and that was Isaac now <clears throat> there's an illustration and you've probably heard it before I think I've used it a long time ago of a man that was on one of those drawbridges uh, that one that goes in London what's that one called it tower bridge. Tower bridge. yeah the tower, tower bridge is it yeah that's one of those isn't it goes up for the ships but there's a story told of a man that was in charge of the tower bridge in lowering it and up and down and there was a train coming and his son was with him working that work took him to work that day and he looked and behold his son was in the cogs and the train was coming and what did he do well he had to make a choice between his son and all the people on the train and he lowered the drawbridge and mutilated his son and that would be a very hard, sudden decision that happened in time. He said, that's an earthly story, but what about God? The son that has never done anything wrong, never would do anything wrong, has always been perfect, in perfect harmony. The sending of Christ, the provision for us. And back in that verse 9, <clears throat> in First John, chapter 3 it was manifest the love of God toward us in God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him that we might live through him remember when he was dying the Lord Jesus the captive of our salvation made perfect through suffering he he could see the many sons that would be brought to obedience through his sacrifice and he's willing to do that for us that in eternity we might be with him through his love, accepted in the beloved, <laughs> and there in his presence. Wonderful love of God that's been given toward us. In Romans 5 verse 15, it says there, 
but <clears throat> not as the offence, so also is the free gift. For if through, if through the offence of one many are dead, that's Adam, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, are the bounden unto many. What a wonderful day when the many are gathered together in heaven and we're numbered amongst the millions. You say, well, we'll be insignificant. We're just one. But the Lord would have done it for one. <laughs> we need to understand that. He died for you. It's an individual thing. And not as it were by one that sin, so is the free gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offences unto justification. For if by one man Adam's offence death reigned by one, much more they who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Yeah, we reign as kings. We've got a wonderful future. Kings and priests, it talks about. And I think we grasp the understanding of it, the implications of it. Therefore, as by one offence, or by the offence of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. And so that's Romans chapter 5 there. Yep, <clears throat> the expression of love, sending Christ, and the next one we'll look at next week, the sanctification with Christ, verse 10.